It's time to let you in on a little secret. Actually, lots of secrets. We're talking strategy and most importantly, return on your investment for your podcast. Welcome to Branded Podcast Secrets. All right, welcome to another episode of Branded Podcast Secrets. I'm your host, Erin Greger, here with another very special guest. Today, I have Dr. Roberta Shaler. Dr. Roberta, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for the invitation. I'm excited to talk to you. Yes, you've got, uh, you know, we were talking about niches before the show. You definitely are very niched in what you do. And I think it's really incredible how you're using podcasts. So for those of you who don't know, can I call you Dr. Roberta or do you want Dr. Sure. Dr. Roberta? Okay. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who don't know Dr. Roberta, she is the host of Save Your Sanity, Help for Toxic, toxic Relationships. It's a podcast. And Dr. Shaler specializes in working with partners of executives, adult children, and coworkers of the relentlessly difficult, toxic people she calls hijackals. I took that from your website. Well, it's true. <laughs> I love it. It's not executives. It's exes. Oh, exes. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Well, executives too. You never know. But yeah, exes, well, I can yeah. imagine are much uh, in a higher up there. So thanks for, for fixing that. But I, I can't imagine right now, how much your topic is needed. And I can't imagine how much more your topic has been needed since 2020. So uh, I, how did you get into this specific special specialization? And then um, I want to hear about that. And then I want to hear where the idea for the podcast came from too. Sure. Well, I have a PhD in psychology, so I've been practicing for over 30 years so I've been in podcasting since 2002. So I've had many shows. Wow. Um, the idea for the show is uh, grew out of the fact that I have a specialty. And as you've said, that is the specialty because people were not getting the help that they needed. It was just not possible. They were going to therapists who were really good, mm -hmm. but had not had the experience of being with a relentlessly difficult person or a toxic person, had not had the specialty training that it requires to really see it, not only identify and recognize it, but then know what to do with it, and then to help people heal and recover and rebuild their lives. So I decided three years ago, to do this podcast, particularly on that subject. So it arose from my practice and a need that I had. I was raised by two hijackals. I have the joy of being an only child, so double whammy. And so I knew when I was young that there was no help. I tried. There was no help. And there still wasn't a lot of help as I've been practicing. So it's become trendy now, but I've been doing it for a very long time. So the podcast grew out of a really perceived need. Wow. How, I would love to hear more about your podcasting journey. You said you've been doing this for two, since 2002, which is like, I think you're one of only like five people that can say that. Um, <laughs> how, what made you get into podcasting, first of all, and how has that journey evolved for you? Well, I got into podcasting because I used to do radio. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I've always been a speaker yeah. and so and an entertainer. I, I had a career uh, as a pianist and singer as well. So I was always interested in using my voice to get the message across. 
So that's really when podcasting popped up in 2002. It wasn't anything like it is today. I had to go into an internet radio studio and do my show with an engineer. (laughs) But I did that for several years. And then I it morphed into different things. And as more capacity for doing it at home increased and became broadcast quality, then I just kept morphing. So there were a few years that I didn't have much of a show. But in the last five years, I've continuously had one and at uh, 1.2 shows. Now I do two episodes a week of the same show because the niche is so important. Wow, that's impressive. So you're doing two shows a week. How are you coming up with the content? I'm sure, you know, I was just talking about this with another guest and it's like, sometimes you get into those core and I'm sure you have like the core issues that come up. Right. And how has your content evolved where you're, you're plugging out two shows a week really easily? Well, one show is an interview show. So Mm -hmm. I interview experts. Okay. Uh, So that's a vital piece of it. And then, you know, I could grab it right now. I have an almost two inch thick file of upcoming topics. Wow. It's just so broad. There's so much. And then because I have a large audience, they will send me things. Could you talk about this? You know? And so I do my podcast, actually, my solar cast, Erin. Mm-hmm. I now do it on StreamYard direct to several platforms. And then I do it direct to camera. And everyone knows that come mm-hmm. along, then I stop and then I entertain all the questions. So I get the YouTube show that way. And it goes to my Facebook group and one of my Facebook pages at the same time. And then I just edit the conversation from it. And there's my podcast for the week. I love it. And so you said you have people calling or asking you to talk about particular topics. How are you engaging with your audience to to encourage that, or is it just happening na- happening naturally? No, I ask them, but okay. you know, many times on, on, when I'm doing the live broadcast in the uh, comment section, people will say, "Could you talk about this next week?" Well, it's never going to be next week, but yeah. they're handing me topics. Also, I have a Facebook page for the podcast. So I'll ask people, you know, anything new that you really want to hear about and get engagement that way. And then my, I have a large list. So people will obviously say, could you talk about this? So yeah, all yeah. those ways. That's incredible. So I, obviously you've been doing this for almost 20 years. You're a huge believer in podcasting. What would you say, like, how has it, is it, client? Is it a client driver for you where you're just getting client after client for it? Is there, are there other ways you're using it too? Like how are you specifically using it to see an ROI in your business? Well, I'm a believer in leverage. I don't do anything that doesn't have at least three uses. I love that. So I answer to your first question. Yes. Aside from my social media presence and my newsletter, the YouTube channel and the podcast get all my clients. So I don't do that. I don't advertise. I don't take advertising on the podcast. That's just for my folks. I'm not trying to monetize it in any other way. And I've forgotten what your second Uh, question was. Actually, let's go because you said it was, um, we're just talking about monetizing an ROI, but I'd love to hear this. You said you don't do anything without three leverages. So what, what other ways are you utilizing it? 
Well, everyone gets uh, transcribed, mm-hmm. certainly an auto transcription from Otter. But mm-hmm. then I send it to a young, wonderful man who cleans the whole thing up. So then I get it in a much better form. So we can put that up in the show notes. Then I can take that and turn it into a couple of articles. Um, then, you know, I may repurpose it in various ways by sending the links to different pages or channels. Then we use recur posts. So all of the podcasts go in there and they pop up forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so everything has at least three uses. That's amazing. And, and you said it's, I love that it's your, 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 uh, client driver. That's incredible. So how are you growing your podcast then? Are you, do you advertise it at all? Or, you know, are you just, is it, you're, you're really honing in on keywords? Like what are the things you're doing to grow that audience to continue to get clients from it? Well, we're very keyword friendly and we do a lot like with SEO rush and things to know exactly drive down to the long tail keywords and things. And also our show notes on YouTube are very highly SEO checked. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we certainly do that. But talking about the, the, the podcast on Facebook, you know, sending mm-hmm. it out all the time, making sure that everybody's up to date with it. Do they have any questions about it? You know, another leverage point that I'll just add from your previous question is that I've sometimes made courses from mm-hmm. a podcast. <laughs> I'll just take it apart. You know, once it comes back from the cleaned up transcription, um, I will take it apart and then put questions and worksheets and wow. use it that way. So there, there are so many ways and telling people about it is really simple. I'm interviewed so often. I'm on so many summits. It just drives people. And, you know, I've made it very simple for people because when I say, if you'd like to work with me, just go to beaclient.com, you know, to own a URL like that. Wow. And I have, and I have a large, mem- I have a membership program and we just got wiped out by a problem with a rogue um, credit card people that bought the credit card processing and they didn't tell us they cut us off and all the member data went away our whole membership program ended and we didn't know we didn't you know we didn't know they'd done that all the recurring subscriptions all of it gone and so we took it as okay let's upgrade the membership so now we've got a whole new upgraded membership and that's an exciting thing too. So when people want to be a member, they go to, can you believe this? I bought this joinintoday.com. <laughs> How so, long ago did you get those domains? Like that's impressive. I got be a client uh, two years ago. Really? I got, got joinintoday.com last week. That's impressive. Oh my yeah. gosh. I, w- I was but, thought you were going to say back in 2002. <laughs> No, but I have one for sale called getinvolvednow.com. I bought that a long time ago. (laughs) Those are great. I love those, but it's that easy call to action because that is one thing I will say. I always tell people this, like the biggest money that I left on the table when I first started my podcast like seven years ago now was I didn't have a next, right? Like, cause that's people will listen to you and they're like, wow, she really knows what she's talking about. 
I want to know more. What's the next thing? And we don't, you know, we're like, well, they'll find me. They'll look for me, but (laughs) I love that you, you have made it so simple with that. Um, and, and going to your website, you look like you really have that perfect. I hate to use the term funnel because it's like, Oh, but you have that in place. Like you have a place for them to go. You've got downloads. It is a, this is how you, you know, maybe you get warmed up with me and then to that. And that's, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming from what it looks like all built within your podcast too. Is that correct? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have a team of people. Um, so we, we can pull that all off. It's not a huge team. It's a small team, but, and then I have a bunch of contractors. So the pieces that we need, you know, like our transcription person is always working for us. And then I have a person who does, uh, she'll go and do research for me. She'll, I love air tables. So she'll fill in possible guests. She'll fill in all their information. Mm -hmm. Then all I have to do is send the email. So we have that. Then I have my main administrator and website manager and she does a ton of things and then we have a content and marketing uh, person who just gets content to market he writes all the emails he does all of that so you know that's the kind of thing that keeps the engine going because on i'm not only on air but i see clients all day so yes and you know that's why the membership because for many people in my niche they're they're experiencing financial abuse so they don't have the money to work with me available to them. It may be available to the family, but they hijackal, and that's my trademark term for these people. So people won't be running around making a clinical diagnosis, but hijackals like to control the finances. So for many people who need my help, they don't have access to those finances to work with me one-on-one, which is why we have the membership site. So for $19 a month, you get two group ask me anything calls a month plus completely off Facebook, completely where a hijackal can't find you. You have a safe discussion threads and all the kind of things that you have on Facebook, but nobody can find you. Wow. What's a, what a great way to know your audience though, too, and to be able to help. And I love that being able to help at various degrees. You mentioned guests and I'm curious, do you have a strategy on who you invite on the podcast. I'm assuming, you know, experts, obviously you want them to provide great content, but do you use those relationships? Use is a horrible term, but uh, leverage those relationships or utilize, I guess is a better term, those relationships in different ways for your business to, you know, even the membership sites, all of that. Do you, does it go beyond just them coming onto the show? I guess is a better question. A little bit. Um, I not only have content experts, but I will have someone who's successful in life who released themselves from a toxic relationship, Mm. whether that was with a parent or a partner. And then they will say, you know, what it did to their business and how they extricated themselves and how they feel now. Mm -hmm. So those two kinds. And um, the way that I leverage that is that 90 days after their podcast episode has been recorded, they're automatically invited to do a Facebook live. It's mm, a great idea. So that because of my cycle, that usually means that their podcast aired about three weeks before their Facebook live. So then we can go say, well, I hope you didn't miss the episode. 
And then, you know, they, they get another touchstone. They get another reason to touch their audience to say, oh, here's something different. I've done two things. Then if I really like a guest, I put them into my regular roster. So twice a year, I will have that guest back, sometimes three times a year if they're really good. So that means that it's not a one-shot thing. You don't have to go somewhere else to hear that person come back in this very special place so my people can get what they need without going off looking. I love that. How do you change the content so it's not just a... I get something different from the Facebook Live versus what I get from the podcast. Different topic. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) So you'll just do, okay, complete, complete different stuff. Yeah. I just take a totally different angle on what they're doing and enhance what we did before. So I'll just say, like, I just had a guest who did her podcast on 10 childhood traumas. So we did a podcast on how do you keep your child from experiencing a trauma when one parent is a hijackal. Right. (laughs) So it was a spinoff topic, but very different. So we were able to say, go back to the episode, listen to the 10 childhood traumas and then do this. (laughs) Wow. That's a great idea. I love that. Uh, So real random question, but are you excited about the changes Facebook has coming with the podcast where you're going to be able to upload? Like like you're a huge Facebook user. Uh, Any other social media outlets that you rely heavily on or are are you just playing in the Facebook box? I play in the Facebook box. My team does Instagram. Uh, We do have that automated thing when it goes to Twitter, when it goes to Facebook. Mm -hmm. We rely on RecurPost is the platform we use for getting the posts out on a regular basis and recycling them. Um, But no, I don't do much else. We do do Pinterest a fair amount. We grow over there too. I don't do that. The team does that. I'm not a Pinterest person. (laughs) But, you know, basically Facebook is where I spend my time because I have several pages. There's one for the podcast There's one for what I call hijackal hazards and hacks. So there I, I of course, post when the podcast comes up, but I'll just go in there and do short videos and put things in there. Then I have two groups on Facebook. Uh, One that is uh, uh, just for people who want to chat about these kinds of things. And then I have an absolutely private one for people who need that. Wow. yeah, there's lots of stuff. And then there, there's my personal page. And then I just keep my profile for my friends. Yeah. So I would love to know, because you mentioned you have a team. And I mean, you are not doing anything, anything by chance. There is so much strategy behind it, which I geek out about this stuff. But if if someone's listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, this is wow, amazing. She's got so much stuff going on. Can you talk about how long it's taken you to really get to this machine? I mean, you have it down just perfectly at this point. I'm sure you're still evolving, but how long has it taken you to get to that point? Well, let's see. I've been online and having a presence since 1996. Wow. So podcasting since 2002. Tried a whole lot of things that were minimally successful, moderately successful, never, never really got it 
where I wanted it. Mm -hmm. So I think we've actually been doing quite well for the last eight years. And in the pandemic, within one month of March 2020, my business took a real upshot. And as you said earlier, well, it likely would, because when you are locked down with a hijackal, there's only so much you can take. And if you don't have a hijackal in your life, you know, I've written 16 books. So I, I have a whole program for couples who want to get healthier. So if you had a problem in your relationship, you being 24-7 with somebody, that would be exacerbated. Yes. So my business actually doubled in the pandemic. Wow. You know, I always say the pandemic was... Uh, so I'm a, I'm a busy, I like to avoid things by getting really busy and just adding more to my plate. And when all that's taken away, it felt like this big, shiny light, like this big, you know, stage light was just like sitting there on you. Like, okay, you don't have busy anymore. Yeah. Like the couple, (laughs) you know, just your relationships and your kids and all of this, but it was like, okay, you can't avoid this anymore. Here you go. Deal with it. So how, you know, obviously you're doing the keywords, like, you know, and you've got this term hijackal, I guess you must have the keywords down though, too, of what I'm specifically searching for. Like, are you, you're, you're in tune with that. Like my husband's Mm -hmm. controlling, you know, controlling, um, narcissistic abuse, narcissistic wounding. I, I do have a big caveat. I think we've gone way overboard using the term narcissism. Uh, I think yeah. we've just, you know, really, it's meaningless almost now yeah. because if somebody doesn't do what you want them to do, you tell them they're a narcissist, it seems. Um, what Really what I talk about is narcissistic tendencies and behaviors, which is why I created the term hijackals because I needed a term that everybody could use without needing a clinical diagnosis. And people with narcissistic personality disorders never go to get a diagnosis because they're too perfect and flawless. Why would they, right? right? In their own estimation. So, but we we needed a term to be able to talk about it. So I trademarked that term like four years ago and I made a really conscious decision, which might be interesting to your listeners. I could have gone with narcissism. You know, there was lots available. Mm-hmm. I actually own narcissismblog.com. Um, wow. You know, I, I own these things, but I decided, no, I want really to put this point out there. Everybody isn't a narcissist. They have narcissistic behaviors and tendencies, cycles and patterns and traits. And we all have them. Mm-hmm. It's to the degree that we have them. So that was very, very important to me to use that term. And just because people probably want to know what a hijackal is, a hijackal, by my definition, is a person who hijacks a relationship for their own purposes and then relentlessly scavenges it for power, status, and control. Wow. So I made that very conscious decision to start with absolutely zero at the hashtag hijackals. (laughs) And, and use that, put it into common parlance. So now I have people ringing me up and say, I think I got hijackled again. You know, they're, they've made it into all these forms of nouns and verbs and it's so fun, but it has accomplished what I wanted 
They are not suggesting the person is diagnosable. They're saying, here is how I have to interact with this human. And then we get it to a level we can do something about. When somebody puts a big label and says you're a narcissist, it cuts you off from that person. 100%. Because now you said, it's your problem. You are the problem. No, the relationship is the problem. Someone has narcissistic tendencies. Okay, we do different strategies. But let's not say, that's the problem. You are the problem. I'm fine. You're the problem. And not realize that we really have to look at ourselves. How did I get into this relationship? Why do I stay in it? What do I want from it? What have I tried? How involved am I? Right? Wow. So many pieces. So that's that's what I encourage people to do. And that's why my community is called Emerging Empowered. Mm. Because I wanted people to stay in the relationship unless there's physical or sexual abuse, mm -hmm. stay in the relationship and empower themselves by going through my processes and my courses to say, okay, what could I change? What could I try? Why has this been all right with me? How do I express myself? How do I manage conflict? Am I a good communicator? Do I recognize what this person needs? How much will I tolerate? How far will I walk around it, you know, and then be able to calibrate who they are as an empowered human being, because a hijackal wants to make you as small as possible and you have to expand back so yeah. that there is balance in the relationship. So I want people to um, establish that balance mm -hmm. so they can be emerging empowered into the relationship or out of the relationship, but they're not walking out with the clothes on their back, taking the children in the middle of the night, sitting in some substandard housing that they all that they can afford with nothing. Doesn't wow. make sense. So yeah. I take people from recognizing to completely recovering and rebuilding in the whole process. And I have courses and things to help them do that. So that's what's important to me, that people become emerging empowered. I just did the coolest thing. We have a, a logo that says, I am emerging empowered. And I'm, I've made all this merchandise for people to, and one of the things was flip-flops that on the, on the sole, on the top where your, your foot sits, you actually are sitting on an affirmation. I am emerging empowered. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's I mean, you talk about knowing your audience though, and you have really honed in. I know I've said this before, but it, you really understand your audience. I think it's incredible. Um, you know, I know you said that everything's coming from the podcast, you know, all clients are coming from either the YouTube or the podcast. Do you have any way of measuring like outside of downloads? Do you know, like what certain topics attract oh, more sure. customers or, oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, can you give any insight into your measurement strategy? Well, we, we, uh, one of my contractors does all of that. So he's constantly running things about every two months to see, to see what's happening. And, you know, I just know that I, I just, <laughs> I just um, printed this out. And so, you know, I, we do things like we'll take a term like emotional abuse and here, like that's all the way that the term emotional abuse is showing up uh, wow. either by us or by other people. So then you see what, well, what's going on? Emotional abuse definition, emotional abuse, domestic violence, emotional abuse during lockdown, 
Well, why wouldn't one do a podcast on emotional abuse during lockdown? Wow. So I, I did several called Housebound with a Hijackal, Emotional Abuse During Lockdown, right? So you can find your topics that way. Whatever topic it is that you have, you can simply then use the language from your research to make sure that it's going to reach an audience that already exists. That's genius. And I love it. Um, and I know there's a lot of great tools that'll help you kind of understand all those different ways. And I think it's really important to speak that exact language, right? Like not just, it, but I love how you've used your own term too. I think there's a specialness to that, right? Like, it, and it really enhances that community perspective because we all are in on this, on this definition of what a hijackal is and we get it and we're all part of this community. I think you've really combined the best of both worlds in that. So what advice would you have? I mean, you've been doing this for you know a long time. And, and like I said, it seems like you've very perfected your strategy behind it. I love all the ways you're using this. If someone is, is, is on that fence of starting a podcast for their business or, you know, trying to figure it out, or maybe, you know, you have a better correlation to finding customers than they would, or so they believe. What advice would you have for that person on on starting? Well, I think you really captured the most important thing is know to whom you're speaking. Know who your target person is. You know, you'll hear that in all kinds of marketing advice, know your avatar. Um, but you really have to be specific. You know, it's much more specific than most people think. And I was resistant to it. You know, I'm a psychotherapist by training, so I can do all kinds of things. So why would I want to limit me to one thing? Right. But I started on this pathway of limiting by starting probably eight years ago, just driving down on the term passive aggressive. Mm. And so I really got to the place where I was very popular around that word. And then I slowly built it up to deal with all aspects of hijackals because all hijackals are passive aggressive, but not all passive aggressive people are hijackals. So that was something people really had an interest in knowing what does that really mean? Because people like to throw that term around, but what yeah. does it really mean? And I wanted them to know. So, you know, I wrote a book called Stop That's Crazy Making, How to Quit Playing the Passive Aggressive Game. And then I wrote another book called The Hijackal Trap, The Hidden Anger of Passive Aggression. And um, so really let people know, what is it? Am I using it correctly? How do I recognize it when it's happening? It's never useful to say to somebody, you're passive aggressive or you're a hijackal. Don't poke hijackals. Just don't <laughs> poke them, right? Yeah. Um, but take that information within yourself and say, is there anything I could do differently so that I would get a better result? Let me practice that for a while, see if it works. And if it doesn't work, then maybe it's not me. Maybe there's nothing further I can contribute to make that change. Yeah. Wow. That's a... I love that. It's great advice. Uh, know your audience for sure and understand what you're doing this. So, uh, you know, what's so funny is when I was looking up all your information, I was wondering why is her website, not Dr. Roberta Shaler, but talking to you, I completely understand now why. So if someone wanted to find your podcast, uh, find out more about you, what you do, or, you know, even just see a little more behind the scenes of this whole thing, where is the best place for them to go? 
forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com. So simple. And of course, all of that will be over on our show notes uh, over at eringgregor.com. Dr. Shaler, thank you so much for joining me today. What an incredible incredible machine. Like I keep saying the machine you've got going over there, but you know, I talk to people of all different backgrounds of this that, you know, and some are like, I just started and it just seems to be working. I'm not sure. And you are just in that perfection of it. And I love that. It's, it's a constant evolving thing too. It's not just, okay, we're got it. We're done. We're getting great downloads, but you are constantly digging in to understand more about your, your customer and your clientele and helping them. So congrats and such a, a great accomplishment. Well, thank you. And I would give it a little bit of encouragement to someone who wants to start out. Make sure you're committed. Yes. You know, the numbers of podcasts that start and then have what's called pod fade mm-hmm. are really way more than any successful numbers of podcasters. And I think it comes from lack of preparation, Aaron. I don't know what you think, but I agree. They, they just don't do the work first. They think, oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> but it is cool, but it takes a long time. Yes. You know, with this podcast, it's three and a half years old now. We just reached 560,000 downloads. Wow. Um, but, you know, in the beginning, celebrate 10,000 downloads, 5,000 downloads and say, as long as the numbers are going up, how can I do it better? But don't expect it to be fast. Exactly. Just don't expect it to be fast. It isn't. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not magic. You can't just do the podcast and let it out on the airways and hope something's going to happen. It isn't. So be committed to the process. Absolutely commit to at least 12 months of doing it and then determine, always getting a little better, but then determine if it's if it's going in the direction you want. That is great advice. I agree. I think a lot of people get caught up in the, um, I need a million downloads. And if I don't get it in the first two episodes, it's a failure. Right. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, especially for businesses, like I just talked to somebody and, you know, for, it was, a, they were a financial planner and mm-hmm. all they needed were, were two customers throughout the year to easily pay back. And, you know, how many listeners do you need to get, you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it doesn't have to be a huge amount and people get so caught up in these numbers and you're right. It's not about the commitment. It's about what can I get quickly And when that doesn't happen with a blink of an eye, they're done. And Mm -hmm. it just, it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. It's a long game and you have to be in it to win it. Yeah. Um, Choose your topic very carefully. You know, have that avatar, that niche, but choose your topic very carefully in that niche. Can't Mm -hmm. be all things to all people, but you want to own a spot in what you're the best at. Yeah. I love that. Perfect words to end by. Dr. Shaler, thank you so much again. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. And um, I I know I need to listen to a few, not because I'm with a hijackal. I don't want my husband listening to this, but I've <laughs> okay, always- honey. Yeah, no, no, no. I promise <laughs> I'm not. But um, I'm always interested in the parenting episodes. Like, am I parenting correctly? Or am I caught, you know, I'm a yeller and I hate being a yeller, but anyway, I'm going to listen to a few of your episodes. What was that? Don't be a yeller. I know. You're teaching your children to yell. Uh, you have Remember no idea. your children may often fail to do what you say, but they'll seldom fail to do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I don't want to get teary eyed. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much again. Thank you, Aaron. 